if you look into not the payroll survey that shows the 336,000 jobs, but the household survey, what people are reporting, there was actually only 84,000 jobs added in the month of September. Hello, welcome to this week's economy. I'm your host, Dr. Vance Gann. I hope you're having a prosperous day. Well, today is October 6, 2023. We've got a lot to talk about, so I really want to get right into it. Remember, you can find all the links and show notes and everything else at vancegin.com. And if you subscribe to my newsletter, vancegin.substack.com, then you'll get it right in your inbox every Monday and Friday when the Let People Prosper show comes out and the This Week's Economy comes out. And if there's a bonus episode, you'll get those too. So you don't want to miss those every week. I'm trying to provide as much information as I can, and I really appreciate your support, your, your, your effort to share these episodes and everything else. I really do appreciate it a lot. So let's get right to it. The previous LPP episode that was out on Monday was with Naomi Lopez on healthcare policy across the states and what to do about it and the truth about Medicaid and what we need to do to get better health outcomes. So you don't want to miss that Let Peel Prosper episode. The upcoming Let Peel Prosper episode with Lexi Hudson will be out on Monday. You don't want to miss this. We talk about her upcoming book. It's a great book, The Soul of Civility, to be released on October 10th, 2023. So it's a great opportunity to get from the author what exactly that this book is all about. A great discussion overall. And be sure to register for her summit that's online, no charge. It's called Civility Overrated or Underrated. That's on October 9th, 2023. So on Monday. So you don't want to miss that. She's got a star list of people who are going to be a part of this, a panelist and everything else. So be sure to check that out as well. So let's get right into the data and what's happening in the economy. Um, the first thing is on the national front is that last week there was no government shutdown. In fact, Congress passed a continuing resolution, what's called a CR, for 45 days through November 17, 2023. It's interesting because of the timing that there are other elections that are going on in key states like Virginia, Louisiana, and others um, before then. And so there's some talk that maybe they were going to do even a shorter 30-day CR, but that would have put it right around the time of these elections when a lot of people are back home campaigning and everything else. And so this 45-day window kind of allows for more of that timing, which could help Republicans in the process. I think that may have been some of the thought process for the Republicans in the House in getting this CR passed. Um, but with that said, look, the CR just can down the road with continued excessive spending, which the deficit continues to soar. Yes, they didn't include funding for Ukraine, for better or worse. I kind of think we're spending too much money there already, but that wasn't included. So I think that was a good thing. But there also wasn't money for border security, which a lot of Republicans wanted. I think we need more broad-based immigration reform compared from by Congress, right, compared to just border security. But that also wasn't in there. So we'll see what happens when the next budget comes up. My guess is they'll meet, they'll get something done right before Thanksgiving break. It'll be another right at the end of the deadline, maybe even a shutdown. And then we'll see what happens after that. I was glad to see that presidential candidate Nikki Haley was bashing excessive spending that's been going on in D.C. on, on Twitter and other or X.com, actually, and other places. And she also signed Americans for Tax Reform's Taxpayer Protection Pledge, which basically says, look, she's not going to raise taxes, which I think will be really important for all the candidates to sign this taxpayer pledge. And also look at sound budgeting, responsible, sustainable budgeting as well, which I'll talk about more of that in just a minute. So I think that was a good sign there. 
by Nikki Haley. Also in Congress, though, I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention about what happened by Republicans. A few Republicans, eight Republicans, joined all the Democrats to vote out of the speaker position, Representative Kevin McCarthy. So Kevin McCarthy is no longer the speaker after just becoming it earlier this year. It was the first time that I know of that this has ever happened. It was tried again, I think it was 1910, 1911, but it didn't work. Yeah, the, he was able to continue in his position. The speaker was at that time. And so it's the first time. So we're kind of an unprecedented situation. We'll see, right? This The new speaker is going to be scheduled to be voted on this coming Wednesday, but there's likely to be more drama that happens, right? Congress is filled with drama all the time. So we'll, it'll be interesting to see what happens. You've got representative who is the majority leader now, uh, Steve Scalise from Louisiana. You've got folks like Americans for Tax Reform that have already came out in support of Steve Scalise. You've also got Representative Jim Jordan from Ohio, who is also putting his position or putting his stake out there to be speaker as well. And you've got some people that are supporting him in there too. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. My guess is that it will be Speaker Steve Scalise and we'll see what happens. You know, I hope that there are some major changes. I don't know that there will be based on all this stuff that's happened by Matt Gates and others. I mean, they, 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 put up a good fight saying we need to do more, but I want to see more action on actual spending restraint and cutting the budget and putting out good pro-growth policies versus just causing problems within the Republican Party, which already has enough problems on its own. Democrats have a lot of party uh, problems too. I think this is a good opportunity for an independent party to come up like libertarians or someone else, but they can't get their act together, together either. So we'll see. I think this ultimately just kicks the can down the road for a lot of stuff that's going to happen, and hopefully we'll see something new soon. The other big report that was out today is one reason why I was a little bit late to getting this out was the U.S. jobs report came out. Now, it looks strong on the surface, but there are many weaknesses as the data are garbage right now. So what we have is about there's 336,000 jobs that were reported on net gained and non-farm employment in the month of September, which sounds good. It was double the expectations. And so a lot of those things looked good. But if you look at the automatic data processing ADP report earlier this week, it showed that there was going to be some weakness. And if you look into not the payroll survey that shows the 336,000 jobs, but the household survey, what people are reporting, there was actually only 84,000 jobs added in the month of September. So that's a lot weaker than the 336,000 reported on the surface there. We also dig a little bit deeper. If you look at the 3.8% unemployment rate, which hasn't changed, if you include the labor force participation rate that we had in February of 2020, and you said, what would the labor force look like today? That would add in about a little over a million people back into the labor force. And if you include them and say most of them would be unemployed, if not all of them, because we don't know exactly how many of them would be employed, let's say all of them were unemployed, the unemployment rate would be above 5%. And so that's why I think we can't just look at the service numbers. We've got to look underneath the surface. And by the way, when you look at the non-farm numbers, there's been dramatic revisions to the number each and every month. So over the then this month, if you look at the report, it shows the last two months for, what was that, July and August, that basically there was a revision upward of 119,000 jobs over those two months. That's a substantial increase. We had been seeing declines in those revisions for a while. And that's why I think that the, a lot of this is just garbage data in. You get garbage information out. And so we've got to take this with a grain of salt overall. And a lot of this is because of a lot of the seasonal adjustments that have been done here recently. They are still using the last three years worth of data, which was where the garbage comes in, right? With the shutdowns, the increases, there's just a lot of volatility that's in these numbers. And we're seeing more and more of that volatility within the, the, the labor market data. Because if you look at the other factors out there, you know, average weekly earnings adjusted for inflation are essentially flat in the last few months after two years of decline. So that's showing some weakness for Americans across the country. 
country. Um, and the other thing is, is that depending on how the Fed reads this jobs report, it will likely hike that range of 5.25 to 5.5% up to 55 to 5.75%. So that's something else that we we'll want to look at because I think that they'll continue to say, you know what, there's inflationary pressures that are out there. Not that there's a trade-off between employment and unemployment rate or employment and inflation, I should say, like the Phillips curve, because remember, that's that's been debunked a long time ago. But it does indicate that maybe there'll be more demand in the economy than what they had anticipated. And, and, and so they'll want to raise rates. Now, remember, I'll keep going back to this, that we need to cut the balance sheet. The balance sheet is back down to about $8 trillion. Remember, it was only $4 trillion before the pandemic. So I think there's still a lot of work that needs to be done to really get control of inflation moving forward. So look, at the end of the day, the labor market remains strong, quote unquote, strong on the surface, but a thorough look show substantial weaknesses that are happening that I think will continue for the foreseeable future. So let's move on to states. So at the state level, I was in DC this week. I was at Americans for Tax Reform, their center-right meeting that they have every Wednesday in DC, and to help them release the Sustainable Budget Project. I've been working with them on this. I'm a senior fellow with Americans for Tax Reform for about a year now. And it really put it. So what we've been doing is looking at all the states, well, how the state budgets in all funds and state funds, so excluding federal funds, how those have compared to, to state population growth plus U.S. change CPI inflation. So population growth plus inflation, the best measure of the average taxpayer's ability to pay for spending. And that tends to grow less in the overall economy, which is really what we need to get less spending overall in our lives and, and in the private sector and crowding out the economy as well. I don't think we should use GDP. And by the way, if you wanted to use GDP or personal income, the only thing that population growth plus inflation excludes its productivity. And so if you look at government spending, I don't think, or, or government in general, I don't think it becomes more productive. So that that variable be zero. And if you include the private sector, private sector is more productive. But if it's more productive, you want every marginal dollar to be in the productive private sector and not in government. So that also makes it go to zero, leaving population growth plus inflation. I think that's the best measure to use for a spending limit. And remember, it's a maximum, not a target. And so really, we want the budget to be zero growth or even declining because most states, I think there's only a handful of states now that have kept um, their budgets within population growth plus inflation over time. Some of those being Texas, Colorado, which has the Taxpayer Bill of Rights. North Carolina has done a pretty good job. And there are a couple of other states as well. But you can find all this information at atr.org forward slash budget project. Go there. You can find out all the information about your state how it compares over time with population growth plus inflation, the upcoming number, what it should be, like the threshold for the budget, and a lot of facts and rankings and everything else for each one of the 50 states. You don't want to miss it. It's a lot of good information. And please share it with your friends and family as well. And with that, I also had my second Wall Street Journal article published. I had one two years ago in October. Now it's back to October two years now in 2023. Um, this piece is called The Data Proved Government is Spending Too Much which basically captures what we were doing in the Sustainable Budget Project and looks at it from the federal and state levels. It was with President Grover Norquist of American Tax Reform. So please check that one out and share it as well. And I've got a brief video where I explain it that you can find in the show notes. Also, I had a commentary recently in the Daily Caller on the misguided approach by Biden's FTC, the Federal Trade Commission, and its antitrust case against Amazon. And another piece that I had on this at the Pelican Institute, basically this is a way to, cap to, to go after consumers and capitalism and competition in the marketplace. And government needs to get out of the way instead because these antitrust rules and regulations and laws that they're trying to put in place are going to create a less innovative, less prosperous future for Americans. And the Biden administration wants to do that every chance that they get. And last but certainly not least, 
Texas Governor Greg Abbott calls the third special session. Remember, the first two were about property taxes. They did some good with that. I think they should have done more. And by the way, the Texas Comptroller just came out and said that the, that the state has $18 billion still in a surplus, even after all the excessive spending, the largest spending increase in Texas history that happened this year. There's still going to be a surplus. So that means they could have put more towards property tax relief. Instead of having the second largest, they could have had the largest property tax cut. But I regress, digress on that a little bit. The third special session is going to tackle school choice, border security, and vaccine mandates by businesses. That's what's on the call. That's what they can look at during this third special session that will start on Monday, October 9th. I hope they get universal school choice. That's really what they got to get. We can't, Texas can't fall behind other states. That is the way to get more prosperity, more productivity higher teacher pay, more money for taxpayers and the economy and everything else. So that's really the way we got to go. And no you know, handouts to government schools for rural districts or something else. Let's put more money in the pockets of parents, help them to be accountable for their kids. That's really what they want. Don't grow government in the process with all this, with rules and regulations and everything else. Make it simple. Keep it simple, stupid. That's really what I say with there. And the border security, I think they, they're going to probably throw a lot more money at it. I'm not sure it's going to do a whole lot. I really think this is more congressional issue. But look, there is a, a major issue happening along the border. Something about that. And then these vaccine mandates by businesses. I've got some mixed feelings about that. I don't think businesses should be mandating that their employees have you know, these vaccine mandates or be, getting vaccinated. At the same time, I don't know that government should be mandating that they don't do it either because that should be up to private sector and businesses to do it. So we'll see what happens with all of that. But that's what I've got for you today. I hope you've enjoyed it. Please share it with your friends and family. And until next time, let people prosper.